listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 NBA free agency that was hot yesterday. The Los Angeles Lakers have made several moves, whether it's Carmelo Anthony, whether it's some of these other players that have been brought in. A lot of jokes are out there that the Lakers have gotten much older as a basketball team as they approach this upcoming season. The Bulls, on the other hand, they have made some moves. Alonzo Ball gets $85 million. They also go out and they acquire DeMar DeRozan. So we've got LA and Chicago, two teams of the 90s that are looking to turn back the clock, apparently, to try and make a run at a title next season now joe has there been any jokes about like the lakers will eat dinner at 5 30 in the afternoon there's any, been a anything? few yeah there's, there's been a few like that. that yeah all right i got I, listen we got to talk the lakers here because it seems to me and there's a lot of ways to look at these moves and let's roll in russell westbrook into this it feels like to me that this was a move or a series of moves for the lakers of desperation I don't know if the Lakers are desperate. Their moves look like the Lakers are desperate. And maybe we start there. Why do I think it looks desperate? Because, and let's say the Westbrook being the key cog of this, is you are really upending the team. This is a team that a lot of people felt would have been the title winners if the injuries hadn't happened. The odd sets, the, the, the Lakers. So, McKenzie, when the Phoenix series started, so the first round of the playoffs, and AD was supposedly healthy at that point, LeBron was supposedly healthy, the Lakers were where in the stand or in the title odds list? Hold on, let me grab that. Yeah, real let's quick. pull that. I, they were either first or second. I'm almost certain they were first, but we'll pull that up. So, if you're first or second coming into the playoffs, you have injuries that you could say are unexpected. You might say, well, how are they unexpected? AD gets hurt all the time. Okay, then do something about AD. But if injuries are your concern, you don't sign a bunch of old players. I don't understand why the Lakers would be desperate. They know more from the inside than I do. Do you have that, Mackenzie? Yeah, Lakers were four to one second favorite behind the Nets entering this year's playoffs. Okay, yeah. The Nets were the favorite. The Lakers were the second favorite. They have a series of injuries and get beat by the team that almost won the title. Is that cause for desperation? AJ. I think what happens in the NBA, and it it rarely works, is when older teams feel their windows start to close. And this would be LeBron specifically in this sure. case. For whatever reason, the, the, what, what NBA GMs tend to do is say, okay, let's go get older. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they, surround him, why they don't surround him with young players. But that seems to be the method in the NBA is to surround your aging stars with more aging stars. So I remember now at the end of the Shaq-Kobe run, you had, uh, what was it, Malone came in. Gary Payton. Gary Payton came in, and the Pistons took care of them, if I recall, pretty easily. If Jonas, you remember, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, at the end of their run, they brought in Charles Barkley. They brought in Scottie Pippen, just washed-up versions, and that's what they tried to do to keep it going. It I just, don't think Barkley was washed up at that point. Barkley was pretty washed up at that point. It was like two years after they were in the title game versus, well, maybe, that would have been, what, 96? It would have been after the two titles. Yeah. Okay, so three years, I guess. Jonas, you're you're in L.A. What do you see? What do you hear on the ground, or what's your take on what they're doing? 
There's a lot of people who can't figure it out. Um, and to your point, when injuries are the issue and injuries were clearly the issue, why would you go out and get older? It doesn't seem like it would make uh, all, that much sense. It just feels to me like this is LeBron's fingerprints all over these moves. Like that maybe there were some guys out there he wanted to play with. We know he, he doesn't like playing with young players. That's evident. Yes. Whether you want to go to Andrew Wiggins and making sure he wasn't going to be a part of the Cavs when LeBron got there. Whether Kevin it was, Love swap out. Yeah, the, the, the young players on the Lakers, whether it was Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram, uh, even Kyle Kuzma and him never really seemed to be on the same page. So this just feels like LeBron's more comfortable with a veteran roster, and it feels like he's got his fingerprints all over the moves. But I guess my question is, and, and I know that with Schroeder Schrader, there wasn't um, <laughs> there wasn't uh, simpatico or they weren't in sync supposedly and I'm not saying that LeBron doesn't have the right listen LeBron being comfortable and not too comfortable but LeBron enjoying himself and not saying oh there's that mf again that's fair right he, I don't think you gain anything from LeBron not liking someone on the team if that was the case but and I also get he doesn't want to train it's not training time the NBA is not about youth think about it now listen there's a difference between old and young there is a middle right between 25 and 35 even 33 you could say there's eight ten prime years in the middle you're not young you're not old by nba years but to bring in multiple old players and you mentioned who he wants to play with bill simmons talks about all the time jonas how carmelo anthony talks about his friendship with lebron lebron pays it lip service, at least based on Simmons' take. But he had multiple chances to have Carmelo play with him, and he's never done it. And now, finally, you're doing it when he's one year older? I mean, that feels like desperation. Yeah, it's very it, it's almost similar to Tom Brady, his final year in New England, where you could just tell he was really frustrated with just some of the young pieces he had around him. And he just wasn't really thrilled with it. And I just think some of these guys maybe get to the point in their career where they're like, look, we know you want to develop players, but I've only got a short time left to go. And I don't want to waste any of my window because you want to develop towards the future. And it just feels like the Lakers as an organization acquiesce to LeBron and are, and are are placating to him so he can finish out his career the way he wants to. Well, but that's an interesting phrase, finish out his career. Let's ask this question. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I'll start with AJ. Is let's call LeBron being one of the top 60 players in the league that he's still viably good. So top 60 would be one of the top two players on an average team. Right? So 30 teams times 260. How many more years would you guess LeBron has at that level? Four. Now, that is a big number, but that is probably where I would be. Jonas, what would your number be? Three or four. Okay. Yeah. And so this year th- this year will tell me a lot because I think this year is going to be an indicator as to whether or not the quick turnaround had something to do with the problems last year or if the age is going to show itself. And, and let's be candid. When we say problems last year, LeBron was the MVP favorite before he hurt his ankle. Yep. And we can say, well, the ankle injury is a sign of his age. And maybe. But listen, people get hurt. Now, LeBron's had two out of three years he's been hurt, 
Before that, it wasn't the case near as much. Is it? But but even if he is a little more injury prone, he's not more injury prone than an average NBA player. So if we kind of accept his chance at injury has gone from almost zero seemingly to average chance of injury, LeBron, and he played like he did last year when he wasn't injured, even if you drop him off five percent, and let's not forget. This and not, what happened a year after LeBron didn't make the playoffs with the Lakers? Finally, he got some rest after what nine straight finals? They won the title. Now, obviously, pandemic year bubble. They were knocked out in the first round. A lot of rest. LeBron has something to prove. I mean, I gotta say, if we said objectively grade LeBron next year versus how he looked before he hurt his ankle. I'd say he's gonna be. I'd say he's a little older, but the extra rest and the motivation probably evens itself out. Does that sound right? It sounds right to me. I think that you know the the early exit from the playoffs, him him deciding not to play with the Olympics, uh, which is was a big decision for him. I think those all point to him having maybe a better shot at health next year, but certainly a better shot at success when he is on the court and promoting Space Jam too. Of course. By the way, USA, 95, Spain, 81. Let me see, 14 points. I'm going to do that real quick. The spread was 14 in that game. (laughs) Vegas is pretty good. We are straight out of Vegas. They advanced to the semifinals. 11.5-point favorites over Australia. I think yesterday we said at minus 200, there was maybe an overreaction and there was some value on Team USA. So the reaction was it was minus 300. They got Spain in the draw, which would seem like a tough draw. It went to minus 200. Now it's up to minus 400. Yeah. So yesterday we were right. There was some value on Team USA at minus 200, especially now that they're minus 400 a day later. Now, you you were right, but then you said Chris Paul should have taken the one year. So well, I was wrong on that I, I th- Listen, 50-50, baby. It balances out. <laughs> we're straight out of Vegas. Okay. This... You know, this Westbrook thing, to me, I think it helps him during the regular season. I think that a lot of smart people are saying this is a nod to LeBron that he can't give full effort anymore the entire regular season, so now he doesn't have to handle the ball. The things that are going to be a problem in the playoffs, who's handling the ball? They're both ball-dominant players, Westbrook and LeBron. LeBron, not as much. Will Westbrook defer? That's a, he never really has. He did for a little bit with Houston. Yeah, a little bit. Now you were from you know Houston until recently. What was your take on Westbrook when he was on that team? Because when he was playing that Rover Five, it seemed like there was something there. The take was Russ. His biggest issue on that team was not with how much he was touching the ball. It was with the effort of the people around him. And I don't think you ever have to question that with LeBron or Anthony Davis. I don't I don't think he's ever going to feel like he has to say, hey, I'd like to see you guys working harder. I'd like to see you work harder in practice. I'd like to see but you. What about the shots? He, he didn't seem he didn't. He certainly wasn't the lead dog. And Houston didn't seem was too the upset only time. It. I mean, even with Beal, he, he was taking too many. I mean, the only time in his career. I mean, the case could be made. Durant left OKC because Westbrook was so dominant, ball dominant, et cetera. Jonas, I mean, you've 
observe Westbrook? Do you sense that this is when he's finally going to defer? And if he does, for how long? It's like the fat guy that doesn't eat cheesecake. He can do it the first week, maybe the fifth week. Is he doing it the 55th week is the question. Yeah, Westbrook doesn't strike me as the guy that's going to cater to whatever LeBron or Anthony Davis want. And that's going to be the part that I think is is most interesting to watch is at some point there's going to be some frustration because Westbrook's going to try and want to do it all. And I know him and LeBron reportedly met and had a conversation before these deals got done um, and they were on the same page with stuff. But I don't know. Westbrook's played with a lot of superstars and it seems like it never really ends all that well. You know, like, so I just don't know how this works. Once it ends, it's a sign probably didn't end well. (laughs) Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts are that Russ, I think the reason the Lakers bring him in is knowing that LeBron and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is injury prone. LeBron is going, they're going to want to rest him more during the regular season. I agree. But the question is, what is the goal? The goal is to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. The second goal is to win the title. Westbrook helps them make the playoffs with less load on AD and LeBron likely. I think he hurts them in the playoffs. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, did you see the Lakers had a signing while the show uh, in the last 15 20 minutes, Jonas? Oh, did it was it a, a THT? Was that the uh, the latest one? AJ, why don't why don't you read it for us? Oh, Kendrick Kendrick Nunn. Oh, uh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, 2 years, 10 million dollars, took less money than he was being offered by the, the Knicks or the team that's mentioned. I'm sure a lot of teams wanted him though, but this is what we talked about. Players are going to be willing to take less money to play with this core of Lakers. Is there any sense of what his, his market price was? Uh, to, if he signs two for 10, any sense of that? I would guess 12 to 15 a year probably would have been fair for a guy. He's an undrafted guy, played played well the last two years, about a 15-point-per-game guy on a, on a Miami Heat team. So, uh, really good defensive player, though. I think there's there would have been a good market for him. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you. You're spreading the word. Thank you. Keep it up. And we'll keep working extra hard to have a profitable, entertaining, and thought-provoking show. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Straight Out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 109 degrees. The neon is percolating. So, RJ, we've been talking about NBA free agency and the team getting a lot of the headlines are those Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of moves being made over the past 24 to 48 hours and a lot of veteran moves to be added to that roster alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. So the question is, does it probably helps him the regular season? Does it help him in the postseason? It's an acknowledgement, it seems, that LeBron doesn't want to care or isn't able or doesn't think it's prudent to carry all that regular season weight. Westbrook's never won the title, though very few people know this. Very few people know that when OKC played against the Cat or I'm sorry, the Miami Heat, so this would have been the year after the Heat lost to Dallas. So LeBron had yet to have a title at this point. OKC was favored in that series, minus 160. They were the home team, but they were favored the year LeBron won his first title. Westbrook, though, yet to win a title. What did Vegas have to say? No movement. Vegas had the Lakers at 4-1 to from a week ago, and now 4-1. to 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking downgrade. I think they have less. Let's do that real quick. Like one answer, one sentence, if you want. Do you? Are you more? Would you? Hmm. If you had a Lakers ticket a week ago to win the title, are you happy right now? I am. You're happy. So the Lakers' odds, A.J. Hoffman, this is not R.J., A.J. saying the Lakers have a better chance to win the title after these moves. I think so. Ooh. Jonas. Yeah, I think they have a better shot now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. How can we bet this? How about I'll book, I'll book it a four to one? You want a little, you want a little sun sun? No. I oh, don't. here we go. You know, the listeners are thinking, you know, it doesn't matter who RJ brings in, no one wants to bet him. Why is that? I won't even I won't even badger Jonas about it. Let's just do a dime. A dime to win four thousand. You can have. No, I'm kidding. Wouldn't it be nice for to have me pay you four thousand dollars? Right, we've we've worked together for a while. How many bets have you seen me push across the table on the NBA? Well, but you, I can answer it for you. It's zero. So what you're saying is that you don't trust your opinion enough to bet it, but you trust it enough to share it with 225 stations across the freaking country. Option B was sitting here befuddled and saying, I've got no idea, RJ. How would you have felt about that? <laughs> so what that? you're saying is now that you see I'm so strongly on the other side, you actually like my side. No, just, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. Then let's bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Chicago Bulls odds have improved dramatically. 100 to 1, they were pre free agency to win the title. Now 50 to 1, adding DeRozan from the Spurs, adding Lonzo Ball. Jonas, what's your take on the, the Bulls moves? Remember, they made that big trade with Orlando. And it really burned them when it came to that draft choice. I just don't know what if this does anything in the East. I, I don't know if this gets them. You know, it, I don't think it gets them past Milwaukee. I don't think they're a better team than Brooklyn. I'm, I'm not sure about Miami. I, you know, Philadelphia. I still like better than than Chicago. I think Philadelphia was a really good team last year. I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. I just don't see how this places them anywhere past the the top five. I don't, I don't see it. I hear that, and you're saying top five in the East. Yeah, I'm saying in the Eastern Conference. I hear this all the time. So, open question here. How do you get to that mountaintop, but only one step at a time? So, if this does improve the Bulls, isn't that the only thing you can do is one step at a time? Now, the subtle point I would make that kind of maybe questions my point would be, if you only have so much money, you only have so many moves, if you make a move that's a net positive, but there was another move that was a bigger net positive, then a net positive move can be a mistake. But looking at the free agent's uh, landscape, Jonas, do you see another move that would have been like, that's clearly superior than Lonzo and DeRozan? No, and and I, I give them credit for wanting to make these moves and to want to try and you know get back into into relevancy and get aggressive with all this stuff. And and Zach Levine's a stud, and and they're clearly trying to build around him. I just, I, you go into next season, who do you feel more confident about, Milwaukee or Chicago? I'm still Milwaukee. If if it's Brooklyn, Chicago, it's still Brooklyn. If it's Philly and Chicago, it's still no, I agree. Philly. But so that, isn't the question, the, do you feel better if you're a Bulls fan today than you did a week ago? Yeah, because they're getting aggressive. 
have, um, and and they're they're trying. They're at least making a move. They're not you know selling off a bunch of players and you know a la what, what you know the Cubs are doing in town. They're not they're not they're getting aggressive, trying to make a move and make a run in the Eastern Conference. I just don't know ultimately if this gets them you know into an Eastern Conference Finals even. But you know what? We could when the Bucks were down two zero. We to to Brooklyn. We were saying the same thing, right? Not that we thought it was over, over, but yeah, it's like in a way, if you don't have the best player or the second best player in the NBA, you got to get lucky. You know, there's just got to get lucky. Milwaukee got lucky, and they did great play, but they got lucky too. What's your take, real quick, Mackenzie? Give me a list of the two or, th- or three or four biggest odds adjustments from. The, uh, like two weeks ago, you know, free agency or however you want to do it, because the Bulls might be at the top of that list. AJ Bulls. I think what the Bulls are doing is they, they they got a couple starters. They've balanced out their roster, and they've decided what a lot of teams that are kind of stuck in the middle of being really good and really bad. And in this are case, doing. they didn't even make the play, even the play in. But okay. right. So what those teams are doing, since they're not going to be you know top picking in the top five, and they're not going to be competing for a title. They trade away all their draft picks, all their future stuff, to build the team that way, and and I think it's a smart thing to do. And now they've got, you know, they could be trading a couple future draft picks for for an A level superstar in two years. I, I think that in, I'm not sure you how add, many, I mean, I, I guess the question is that with the trades they've been making, how many draft choices do they have left? Uh, I think the, I mean, their next at, one might be in 2027. Yeah, I think there's a limit. You can only trade so many, and it's seven years out or something. Every other year, something like that. Yeah. So here's the thing. If I'm a fan of the Bulls, I'm R.J. Bell, we're straight out of Vegas, I would say this. If my two choices are to be, mm, you know, out of the playoffs every year, but, you know, the 11th best team, the 10, maybe you get in a play-in now and again. So just on the cusp of even being relevant and steady, below average, but steady. Or if I could have half the years we're in the tank, and half the years, a fifth seed, like have a season like the Knicks had. I would much rather have half the year years in the tank, and half the years like the Knicks, or at least that being the upside, right? Or Atlanta. No one expected this from Atlanta. No. To me, even if Trey Young and Atlanta never make another conference finals, and that's not likely, but it's possible. That for the fans is a great memory, and to me, I don't. Agree with, and I'm not saying Jonas says this is the only, you know, decision. Uh, arbitration is saying, well, can they? Are they the best team? Because you're going to be waiting a long time before anyone's better than Brooklyn on paper. But the game's not played on paper. But I think Jonas's point is valid that the Bulls aren't even in. You can't even fathom what would have to happen for them to win the title. But I could see them getting the fifth seed. I could see them having a season like the Knicks, and to me, that would be a victory. Well, just think a year ago that the Suns didn't even make the playoffs, and they were or they had seven straight, right? They right, make. and they were a game away from from winning it here. So, Jonas, last question to you: In general, the idea of hey, take a shot, kind of mortgage your future to be the fifth seed. Do you agree that's better than not really having a chance at all for you know? Because you could make the case so that those years you're still going to be competitive, like. Uh, the Bulls finished last season where they were competitive for the play-in, and 
maybe that took them selling out for whatever reason. Do you, do you see the virtue of almost getting that, or even you know being uh, a fifth seed? Do you see the virtue of that? Yeah, I think there's certain groups of teams that are legitimate title contenders, and then there's other teams out there that you know are going to be competitive and going to be at least a fun watch for their fan base, and that's what it feels like the Bulls are. I, I always defend you know, the Bengals. A lot of people criticize them because Marvin Lewis didn't win a playoff game and Andy Dalton didn't win a playoff game. But I look at the Bengals back then and I go, yeah, but you know what? They were in the postseason a lot, and that's a pretty good division to be able to make a playoff run. So, yes, they didn't have success in the postseason, but for their fans, at least they were in the conversation. And I think the Bulls have a similar feel to them. Well, I would make the case the Bengals were a very dirty team during that era. <laughs> uh, and and that, that what was his name? Burfat or uh, Vontaze Burfley. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was I literally was thinking of calling the district attorney in the area, in the area of those games. I, I mean, is, does anyone disagree with me? No. I mean, I, the wickedest man in the world. I mean, it, just, <laughs> it just seemed unfair. It just seemed unfair. And by the way, not saying that it was dirty play, but it was a hard-hitting game. That's when, um, oh, the high state middle linebacker that uh, that that got that that was the last play of his career from the Ryan Steelers. Shazier. Yeah, Shazier. Shazier. Yeah. Oh man. And the funny thing about that game, and this was back, you know, what's it been now? Maybe five years. The league hadn't softened up quite as much. Shazier, you looked at him, it was like they knew he was, you know, it was a long way back, like even right after the injury on the field. They hit harder after. You would think they'd stop and say, like, oh my gosh, like, look what could happen if we keep playing like this. Those guys, I mean, in the NFL are just, in the Steelers especially, and the very dirty Bengals is crazy. They just hit harder after that. And I often say this, and it'll be the last thing, is on on the Steelers or hard-hitting, if you go back and look the year Pittsburgh played Green Bay in the Super Bowl, I think that would have been 10, 2010, is they played the Ravens in the conference finals. And it was the hardest-hitting game I've ever seen. And... It was, there was no talk of concussions or whatever. Back, and I'm not saying glorifying it. I'm saying watch 10 minutes of that game on YouTube and tell me if you've seen anything like that for a long – it was the hardest-hitting game I've ever seen. And it's a very different game than today. I'm not sure – I can see both sides of that argument. But obviously, concussions and long-term damage is, is a big, big deal. So the biggest upgrades were straight out of Vegas – in the NBA, Bulls were 100 to 1, now they're 50 to 1. The Heat, Lowry landed him 40 to 1 to 25 to 1. The biggest downgrade. And when was the Clippers 20 to 1 now, 10 to 1 before? Kawhi's uncertainty. So this would have been over the weeks, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, July 10th, we had those numbers. So you might say Kawhi's out for almost a calendar year. People are speculating. Why would they only? Why would they still not be worse than twenty to one? Theory is Kawhi comes back for the playoffs. Right. So like seven C playing whatever. If he's back, how good are the Clippers? And the theory is, if he's back a hundred percent, is the time Paul George and the rest of that team didn't have Kawhi, they might come into their own even more like they did in the playoffs and be a better team 
when Kawhi shows up. Any closing thoughts in the NBA, Jonas? Uh, no, I just think that there's going to be a – I think a lot of teams maybe looked at this season as an opportunity. They said, look, injuries can happen. And, and we've seen it a couple of years now with deep playoff runs. You saw injuries to the Warriors, which opened up the door and the opportunity for Toronto. You saw injuries this year, which opened up the door and opportunities for Milwaukee. And I wonder if teams around the NBA are saying, let's at least stay in the periphery so in case something like that happens, we've got a chance to try and cash in. The theory is the smart guys say if you have a 5% chance to win, you got to go for it. Because even those 5% chances don't come around that often. Quickly, closing thoughts, NBA. Anything? Uh, no, no, that's that's pretty much all I've got. I I'm, I do think that these teams that are we talked about it yesterday with baseball. You can lose your fans real quick if you never make a run. I, I think what you said right here is right. If you're the Hawks, you're the you're the Bulls. You've got to do something to show your fans we're still trying to win. And right to now. practically be competitive, to have a chance. Yeah. All right. Going to the next to the NFL with the Colts. Their best player has the same injury, the same injury as Carson Wentz. <laughs> it's almost like a horror movie. Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jonas, when has there ever been an injury that's called the same same injury as someone else? What's the injury? Like what? Like this is so. This is almost like a horror movie where there's this mysterious um, ailment that one person got. They died quickly, unexpectedly. Now someone else has the same thing. It's like, is it? They say it's not Liz Frank. I mean, do we have any idea what it is? Is it, is it a sprain foot? It's just I've seen that they had to remove a bone from the foot oh. or something like that. Like I just it, it's very it, it very strange that it would happen. Is this something we've ever guy. seen in the NFL before? And if not, is it something maybe Carson Wentz is like he's at fault maybe. <laughs> Meaning, just, he brought some meaning, bad luck. To meaning, the there's something about him. Maybe it's it's it, it, maybe it's just a curse. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just seems weird. He shows up, has his mysterious foot ailment, and the last question I have on it: We thought it was very curious. The five to twelve weeks. Do you think they sat and said, well, listen, it's the same thing. We can't say anything but five to 12 weeks. <laughs> right. As absurd as that was before, we got to double down on it. 